Hello, hello. My name is April Malone with Yes, I Work From Home, and this is the podcast. Today, I get to do a solo episode. We're going to talk about a few things, mostly relating to how to find a good place in your home for your office space. And it's a topic that I've touched on here and there a few times, but we're going to be a little bit more, I guess, intentional about talking about it all at once, Uh, kind of going through a little tour through a house um, or home and thinking about what you might be able to do. But before I get into that, I do want to remind you that I am always looking for guests for the show. If you have an interesting story or unique situation uh, that has caused you to need to work from home or uh, a lifestyle that you've gotten to enjoy because you work from home, you want to tell other people about it, feel free to reach out to me. You can find that uh, guest interest form at www.yesiworkfromhome.com forward slash podcast forward slash guest. Both podcast and guest are singular. Uh, Yeah, so if you are interested in doing that, there's a little form you can fill out. It'll just ask a few questions about your uh, work type. Uh, I do interview not only entrepreneurs, but also employees of bigger companies, um, small business owners, freelancers, contract workers, something like that. Whatever you are, I am actually interested in talking to you. So reach out to me. I do sometimes batch record and record several episodes within like one week. And then other times I'm kind of caught up. So uh, right now I think that I'm going to record and publish this today. So we're in real time today here. Uh, It's been hot here in Arizona, about 117 degrees Fahrenheit, which I believe is like 47 Celsius uh, for those of you who are not here in the U.S. Um, It's been hot, 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 and we just got the air conditioning uh, fixed. (laughs) Um, Our air conditioning actually is working, but the condensation line that uh, apparently the condensation that uh, is collected from the air conditioner drips down this special pipe outside of the house, and that pipe got clogged and was coming out an emergency valve, which thankfully my husband was like, hmm, I wonder if that's supposed to be doing that right now. And he looked it up and sure enough, uh, that was a problem. So it's hot, 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 hot here. And I hope that you are healthy and happy and safe at home. We are going to be talking a little about safety and also just being comfortable working from home in the space that you have. And I do understand that not everyone has a big house with lots of spare bedrooms, Uh, to put their office space into. And I want to be considerate of that. I have lived in several different kinds of situations, including bigger and smaller houses than I am in right now. I have not worked from an apartment, but I have talked with a lot of people who do. So um, we're going to kind of walk through a typical living situation and talk about a few of the non-typical options that people have come up with as well. So let's start off with If you're looking around your home and you're like, hmm, I want to work from home, but I don't know where to put my setup. Um, Some people do come with a desk. They already have one or their company has provided one. And they're like, I need to find a place for this desk. Other people are like, huh, I need to work with whatever I have. Um, How can I make this work? And I think that both are doable. Um, If you have any budget, I would definitely recommend. This is my, this is my advice. Um, I would say invest in a better chair. If you don't have an amazing chair to work from, if you're going to be sitting a lot, that's where I put the money. Um, If you are going to have anything to work with as far as desk, um, that's the other most important thing, I think. Um, Desk and chair kind of go hand in hand because you need to have the right height um, to sit at, you know, a lot of different surfaces um, and a lot of the adjustable ergonomic chairs will let you adjust that height so that you can be, you know, as as comfortable as possible. So if, if you're like me and you're, 
you know, kind of having to get a little scrappy and be like, hmm, I don't have enough rooms in this house um, or in this apartment. And I'm like, huh, I've got kids, you know, sharing bedrooms already. And where are we going to put me up? I'm in a closet. If you've been around and listened to any other episodes, you probably already knew that. I am in a small walk-in closet that our master bedroom has. And I don't remember the actual dimensions. I never can remember, but it's probably like seven by eight or something like that, but with a few shelves built in. And the reason that I'm in this closet is because I was working out of a guest room. Now, if you have a guest room that you can dedicate as your working office, that's amazing. I had that for a while, but then when I had a guest who wanted, or actually guests who wanted to come and stay with us, we didn't want to make them sleep on air mattress in the living room. We wanted to be able to give them the guest room, which actually had the bed in it and everything. But I was working overnight. So I was working all night long, um, not just teaching, but also doing my transcription work. And um, I was working like 5 p.m. until 5 a.m. and singing songs and um, sometimes actually till like 7 a.m. So uh, I needed to move out. And that's why that's how I got the idea of working in this office. It was right around the same time that I left Mayo Clinic and started doing um, my English teaching uh, ESL teaching online full-time. So um, when we moved me into this closet, my son got his own bedroom. So basically the guest room became my son's room. And then if we have a guest, my son goes and gets into a trundle bed in the the girls' room. Um, And that actually only happens a few times a year. It's a pretty good situation. They kind of like that anyway because they get to do a little camp out. But all right, I have interviewed quite a few people now, um, not just for the podcast, but also uh, one-on-one consultation uh, or market research types of things. And I've learned a lot of things about the different kinds of setups that people have put their office in. And I'm just going to talk about some of the pros and cons of different areas of a house and situations. So where's the best place to put an office or a home office setup? It totally depends. And uh, it depends on if you have kids. It depends on if you have pets. It depends on if you live alone. It depends on how much space you have. So let's go and talk about some of those different things. If you live alone and no one else is going to be interrupting you or making noise, then you can probably work wherever you feel like. But there are a few things to consider. And I'll get into some of those. One of them is sound. Um, you might not have anybody inside your home making noise, kids um, yelling or playing or laughing or crying um, or pets, you know, especially dogs barking or cats meowing. Um, But you might have noise coming from outside. So one of the things you might want to think about is your proximity to the loudest part of the outside world. So if you have a window open or even if you just have thin walls, Um, I don't know about you, but I live kind of near an airport. Uh, It's the Mesa it's like the Phoenix Mesa airport and I live about a mile from there and I don't know that the planes go directly over our house, but we definitely can hear them. Um, some of the big ones, especially, uh, if you do share a living space, you might have noise from people watching TV or cooking in the kitchen or being humans and just talking. Um, and so it just depends on if your type of work is sensitive to that sort of thing. When I was a medical transcriptionist, I wore little headphones 
And I needed to be able to hear very clearly the words that these doctors were saying as they were dictating the medical record. It was a patient safety issue. I needed to be able to hear. And we didn't have, at least I wasn't issued any like big fancy headphones. They were kind of like sensitive. I could hear my surroundings very well. And when I did have little babies and we were living in a small house, it was like 1,100 square feet uh, in Illinois, actually. Uh, we had my office set up at the end of a long living room with just a few bookshelves kind of separating that space, but it was open to the, to the sounds of that room. That was a problem. Um, I was working overnight hours during that time and my kids were usually sleeping, but I had to be really careful to have, you know, another adult who was in the home with the children who could always take them to the far side of the house or outside or for a walk if I was still working and they were awake and being noisy anyway. Um, and that was um, when I was being measured for my productivity. So not just was it the accuracy and the patient safety, but it was also I needed to keep my job. And the way I needed to do that was being fast enough. And so if I was having any distractions like that, then I would be, um, you know, slower. So I know that metal, medical transcription is not a booming field right now because of voice recognition technology taking over a lot of that work. But there is still, there are still a lot of people who are doing transcription type work, like closed captioning for YouTube videos and for TV shows and, um, you know, transcripts for podcasts even. Um, yeah. So it's, it's a thing. If you have a, a job that's very sensitive to noise, um, not just for listening for like your headphones, but also maybe like if you're on camera for me, I'm recording a podcast and I am, a little bit sensitive to, you know, I don't want to have a lot of distracting noises in my environment when I'm podcasting. So being in this little office is a little convenient because I do not have a window. Um, when the landscapers come by in the morning, one of my favorite times to record is actually for me in Arizona, 6 a.m. is 9 a.m. in, you know, the Eastern time zone. So um, I like to do these early morning recordings because that's when my house is quiet. My children are sleeping peacefully. Um, but sometimes the landscapers will come through with their big leaf blowers, their lawnmowers, their trimmers. And um, it would be a problem if I were forward facing um, the other side of the house where my husband sits, actually, uh, because that I would be able to hear a lot more through the walls and through the windows. It's not as big of an issue for my husband because he's not recording. He's usually in a meeting, but he's often muted. So unless he's actively speaking, he doesn't really need to be, you know, heard. Um, so noise is something, um, if you do have animals, of course, you're going to have to think about what you're going to do. If you're going to be presenting or, you know, having communication and working from home on Zoom or, you know, another platform where you do video conferencing. Um, I think that with the pandemic, a lot of people have been really understanding and everyone is in it together. I can't say that that is coming to an end and I hope that a lot of people have just learned compassion for the, you know, the people who work from home and that in the environment is, uh, you know, a little, um, unpredictable at times, especially for those who have children or pets in the home at the same time. I do expect that, as some things start to return to, you know, as they were before with more people working in the office and some people doing with the hybrid, um, that maybe some people will kind of start to forget about those days and maybe have a little bit more expectation for, you know, professionalism 
and controlling your environment. Uh, but hopefully not too much. Like hopefully people will still be pretty cool about, you know, little, the little interruptions. But if there is something that you, that you can control, um, I would say go ahead and make an effort to see what you can do to, you know, mitigate the, the problems or any issues, uh, especially sound related. If you have, um, doggy dog care, that might be something to consider if it's turning into a long day for you working in, um, but I, at the same time, that kind of starts to take away some of the benefits from working from home. If you have to bring your kids out to child care, um, you know, that's getting out of the house in the morning. Some people do that anyway, and they will always will, and they want to. Um, we'll be bringing our children to school now coming in August and kind of looking forward to that in some ways. Um, you know, I get a little distracted when when there's people asking questions, and I love them dearly, but some days you got to buckle down and get it done. All right, so noise and indoor and outdoor noise is something to be considering when you are looking around thinking, where would be the best place for me to have my home office? Where is it going to be the least disruptive? Now, if your work is not on camera, if your work is not on the phones, it might not be a problem for you to sit at your kitchen table and cooking your dinner and, you know, having the dog barking the TV on. And if you're the type of person who can focus through that, more power to you. <laughs> I, um, I don't think everyone can do that. Um, but you know, some people, they do have a, the type of job where it doesn't really matter. They might be doing something more physical, uh, maybe constructing something and selling an Etsy or something like that. Um, or, um, answering chats versus having to take calls. Maybe that environment isn't an issue for you. Um, that sounds great. Now for those of us that are on camera, um, you need to start be thinking about some of these other things that are happening around you. Um, and speaking of things coming around you, not just the noise, but also the people who might pop in. Um, if you do share your living environment with other humans, um, at some point, you know, there can be a privacy issue. If they're going to be coming in and being behind you and being seen, you know, are they fully dressed? Do they want to be on camera? Do they know you were on camera? So when you are thinking about where to put your office area, think about the placement of um, where your camera is normally going to be facing. And I do have more than one place in my home where I work. I usually am in this little office where I am in my closet. But actually, I have another little table out by my um, bed. Uh, it doesn't have a chair right now. I just sit on my bed. <laughs> but sometimes it is nice to just have another place to work. Um, so... In your living room, you're probably going to have, if you live with anyone else, some foot traffic. So keep that in mind. If you are looking at your living room and you're thinking, well, there's already a desk built into this wall. Um, I know back in the 80s and 90s, that was kind of a popular thing to just kind of build in a desk into, say, the kitchen or the living room area. And that's a fixed thing built into the you know, wall, and you would just set your desk, um, you set your computer on your desk, and it would face into the rest of the room. So if you're on camera, the people might be able to see your entire living room and kitchen, perhaps. Uh, if you have the, the a wall, this is always my preference, and I know that not everybody likes this. Some people like to have a nice little staging area behind them for fancy um, Pinterest-worthy, uh, you know, visual effects. I don't know. But I actually just usually put my back against a wall. And that means that when my camera is 
facing me, it's not going to have anyone accidentally zoom bombing um, or, you know, being caught on camera unexpectedly. And it also gives me the opportunity to, if they do kind of come in um, to a door, I do see a lot of people, they set up their camera with a door right behind them. And then anybody who walks in is just there, um, whether they were expecting that or not. So it is possible if you're going to be camera facing a lot of the time, if you can even pivot yourself to maybe 90 degrees or, you know, even 180 and just turn that desk all the way around, even if it means putting a separate table into your room or desk um, so that you can do that. If you're going to be in a very high traffic area, keep that in mind. It might not be as aesthetically beautiful to have a desk kind of sitting out a little bit, but there might be reasons to consider it depending on your workflow. So um, also TV, um, cookie noises and things like that. When I have had that space where I was working in the living room, I kind of always felt like my family should be quiet. And I don't think that they really like that feeling of being told that they need to be quiet because mommy's in a meeting. Um, so when I had the opportunity to move into a closed door bedroom in our next home, it was really convenient, um, for the family to just live their life and I would just be off working and they didn't always have to feel like that pressure of, oh no, you have to be quiet. And we do kind of still have a little bit of that because I have very loud children. So like when my husband is in a meeting upstairs, we usually go downstairs and we usually just say, hey, if anybody needs to be loud, go outside or go into the garage. We have a um, a carpet down actually right now in our garage and it's kind of like a play area for the kids. Um, the home that we're in right now is 1,450 some square feet. And it doesn't have any den or family room or office. It's just one living room, one kitchen, and then three bedrooms. Um, and there's not like any other space. So it's either you're outside, and like I've already mentioned, it's boiling hot right now, or, you know, into the garage. Um, and then that is separated enough from the rest of the house that if they are shrieking with joy and, you know, whatever other kinds of noises the kids make, um, it's not going to interrupt my husband's call. For the most part, he's able to mute himself, so it's usually not an issue, but um, it is something to be considerate, I guess, of for them. So another thing to be mindful of when you're thinking about where to put your office is just safety issues. Um, I am in a closet with one outlet, and if you do have a closet and you're thinking about using it for your workspace... Does it even have an outlet? Where are you going to charge your computer? Where are you going to charge your phone? Will you be able to have a light? Are you going to have to run an extension cord? You know, you maybe will have to run an extension cord. I was lucky enough to have this little router box uh, behind my uh, curtain here that actually is where the router controls are. It's kind of like a, if you will, like a fuse box for the router. And so, or for the cable connection. And so basically if I flip the switch, it activates the cable coming into the kitchen or into the living room. Or um, in this case, actually, I do have a connection that comes into this office for some weird reason. Um, and I'm able to have my router in the same room as me here, which allows me to have a short ethernet cord that runs to my docking station by my computer. And... I don't know about you. Okay, I told you that I think that the most important things to spend money on would be a good chair and a good desk. 
but also the good internet connection. And if that means paying the internet people to come to your home and poke a hole in the wall and run that cable into the room where you're going to be working, I think it's very helpful and convenient to have the router closest to you as possible. Now for me, in this office where I'm at, this room is fairly central for the rest of the house. And so that means by having this here, the rest of the house is still going to have a good connection. There aren't any like dead spots. Now, if I were to be way over in some corner of the house and then have a whole bunch of space and walls and stuff to the other side, it might be more problematic. Now, I have seen people generally working out of their office, but maybe like they'll record a podcast out of the closet because it's soundproof. Um, it's a really nice place to record a podcast because there are no windows and it's kind of insulated from the rest of the house, but they might have kind of crappy internet. <laughs> and so be careful about, you know, your proximity to the router if you are moving things around. I think it's best to have it in the same room as you. If it's going to cost you $100, $150 to have the, you know, the technician to come to your home, um, it's worth it. When I actually lived in Springfield, I was using, this was back in the day of, is it, was it called DSL? Is that what we used? The other, it was like the phone lines, right? And I didn't know for sure when I moved in if I wanted to work out of this guest room or if I wanted to be down in the dining room. I had this 100-year-old house. I was single. I lived in a four-bedroom house. And I was like, hmm, do I want to work out of the library or the dining room or the guest room? I'm by myself. I can choose any room I want and nobody's going to stop me. And so I had the guy just poke the DSL cords, whatever that works, the lines, into all three of these different areas of my house. I did end up working out of one of the four bedrooms that I had. And I um, stayed there. I did eventually get roommates. I did eventually get married. did eventually even have kids. And I just stayed in that um, one same office the whole time. Um, man, if you have all these extra rooms, you were lucky. Um, <laughs> cut your blessings. And, um, you know, a, an extra spare bedroom or a guest room is really nice. But you definitely need to think about what you're going to do when you do have guests. Um, all right, let's talk about some of these other things. Closets. I've been talking about my little walk-in closet a little while, but I know that this is not the only kind of closets that people have. Um, I have lived in, like I said, a house that was a hundred years old. So I know that there's different, I, we had a tiny, tiny little single closet. I don't think that we could have put a desk in there unless it was like a foot wide, <laughs> maybe a foot and a half. Um, yeah, uh, but I have seen Pinterest has tons of ideas of how people have made home office um, setups in closets of varying types and sizes. One thing I would recommend is before you go buy a desk, get a measuring tape. Figure out not only how big is this space inside of the closet, but also how big is that door. Are you going to be able to even get what you want into that space? Um, a lot of people take the doors off. I have seen people that have like the his and her side-by-side -side closets, like with the big sliding doors or whatever, take the whole thing off and just stick a full-size desk in there. But you need to be thinking like, how deep is this desk? Is it 30 inches deep? Is it 26 inches deep? Is it 20 inches deep? Um, how deep is my closet? Um, you might be laughing, but I'm serious. Like you might not always be able to eyeball it as well as you think you might be able to just 
take that with a grain of salt. I uh, have learned from my experience. I thought that a desk was only 12 inches deep and it was like 17 and that kind of was problematic. So I think I mentioned earlier that my husband is in our bedroom right now working. We, when he decided to work from home, we actually put him into our son's bedroom. Um, let me put this, let me rephrase that. When my husband started working from home because of the pandemic, we found out on Friday that he was going to start working on set on Monday from home. And we actually had house guests that weekend. My uh, in-laws were staying with us and they left on Sunday. And on, maybe they even left on Monday morning. They left on Monday morning and I think I just stripped the bed and started just moving things around and put my son's desk, I turned it around, um, gave him a lamp and gave him some outlets. Um, I had made a purchase at, I think it was Costco and it was, you plug it in, in a regular outlet, but it actually has like USB port, um, you call that ports? Yeah. So it had a couple, I think it had like four or six outlets in one and then the USB options as well. But again, keep safety in mind. Do not overload your outlets. You might need to consult with a professional um, if you were going to be, you know, putting a lot of, I don't know, heavy work on one outlet, make sure that you've got a fire extinguisher nearby and, you know, just really keep in mind what you're doing, especially if you're trying to run anything like a heater, you know, or a portable air conditioner or something that, you know, will pull a lot of energy. Um, usually with just running my laptop and a few LED lights, I don't feel like I'm pushing it too hard, but I do have this battery backup that I've got coming out of that one single outlet that's with my router box. I've got one outlet back there and it's covering my um, battery backup. So um, definitely I would say it might not seem like the top thing to put in your office, but I think if you're far away from a water source, that uh, uh, fire extinguisher is definitely a smart idea. So um, my son was not really spending much time in his bedroom outside of his sleeping hours. And because they had been in school, my kids were pretty accustomed to waking up by 7 or 7.30. And my husband was starting work at 7.30. And so he actually would just bring in his cup of coffee and sit down at my son's desk and start working. He would be listening in on a meeting most of the time. Usually didn't have to see anything. And my son would just quietly wake up. So kind of just depend on, you know, what kid <laughs> you have. Like if you've got a two-year-old who shrieks, maybe this wouldn't have been a good plan. But my son would kind of quietly wake up and he would spend the rest of his day downstairs and that was normal. So I didn't really feel like we were taking away his space too much. Um, my husband did end up working in his home office in my son's bedroom for several months before he started to kind of feel like he was infringing on my son's space. My son would kind of be like, so dad, uh, how long are you going to be in my room? And, uh, when, when his company gave him a stipend, my husband, a stipend to, uh, get a desk and a chair and a few other things that, you know, were more ergonomic than the ones that we had, you know, provided him for these few months. Um, he decided to just go ahead and set up in, in our bedroom, which meant now we had already gutted this closet took out all the clothes and we built some really tall Ikea shelves in our bedroom, kind of at the foot of the bed. 
Uh, so our room wasn't tiny. It had enough space for, you know, two big Ikea things that go to the ceiling. We really try to maximize that vertical space um, so they're not super huge. And then we just kind of tilted my bed. I didn't tilt it, but we scooted it towards my side of the bed, towards the wall. And that just gave my husband enough clearance to put in his new desk. He's got a sit and stand electric desk and a chair. And he just has enough clearance to be able to, you know, push back and get up and push his chair back in. Um, not much more space than that. Now, I tried to put a little desk on the other side. And that's where I ran into trouble because I thought that my desk was like skinny enough to fit there. But it wasn't, it didn't give me enough clearance to comfortably get to my side of the bed. I was having to kind of like suck in as much as I could to get in. And I was able to eventually replace this table on my side of the bed with a much narrower one. Even five inches made a big difference. So I don't have enough space for um, a chair. I can sit on the bed. I just use it briefly. Um, I think it is nice when you work from home to have more than one place where you could sit for a few minutes. But it is important that wherever you're going to be spending the majority of your time, if you're going to be working seven, eight hours, you know, to have a space that you're comfortable overall. Now, my space is in a closet with no window, which sometimes is convenient. But I will admit, I, al I also sometimes feel a little closed in and I like to, you know, spread out and, you know, get a different change of environment. I like to be able to chat with my husband here or there a little bit. Eventually, I might even just go ahead and capitalize on the space that he has on his side of the bed and put my new desk side by side with him so that I can also just sit near him when I'm not recording or in meetings and we're just doing desk work side by side. That would be fine. And then if one of us needed to take a call, of course, we could come here into the closet. All right. So I'm going to kind of keep walking through. We're talking about kids' rooms. So my son eventually claimed back that guest room. So I think I had mentioned that originally the guest room was my office because I needed to have the two egresses when I worked for Mayo Clinic. They required me to have an office space where I could show that it was, you know, safe. I had my um, fire extinguisher, of course, and the um, smoke detector and a few other things, a flashlight and stuff. Um, and then at least a window and a door or two doors or two different ways to exit. Um, when I stopped working for mail, that wasn't as important. And I moved into this closet. Um, at that time, my son had been sleeping. We had three kids in one bedroom in, er in order for me to have this guest room, um, as my, as my office. Now they, we've got it worked out so that only if we have a guest, they move out. Okay. Now there's a few things to be thinking about though. If you do have little kids, it's a little bit easier to have them share a room if they're of a certain age. At some point, it starts to get a little bit more awkward. Um, and so obviously, I'm sure that, you know, those of you who have multiple teenagers that might not be as keen on sharing with a sister and brother, um, I can see that definitely, you know, impacting your decision on <laughs> how are you going to use the different rooms in your home. Um, those of us that have the little ones, sometimes, you know, especially when they're like under the age of five, not as big of a deal if they, you know, all can sleep in one room. There's just more room for you. Um, those of you who do not have any young children and have spare rooms, lucky you. Um, now, I was chatting with a friend the other day who was talking about rearranging their home situation as far as um, her husband's home office. And 
they were trying to figure out between the closet um, or bringing it into their bedroom or, you know, possibly combining the kids into one room and taking over or something like that. And I brought up the idea of, you know, do your kids actually play in their room during the daytime or did they just, did they even sleep in there? Cause you know, um, a lot of us that have little kids, they end up in bed with us anyway. So, um, she's like, yeah, well, the thing is, is that he's got a lot of stuff. And, you know, at some point, even if they, if the two kids were to sleep in the same room, they're still little, maybe the boy could still have the, the toys in his, you know, bedroom, but you know, daddy could use the, the desk in that room or something like that. So there are a lot of things to consider, you know, where are people actually sleeping? Um, who's got the most stuff and how much stuff do you really, how much space do you really need for your office? Now, in my office, I have a lot of stuff, I will admit. Uh, I was doing full-time teaching um, ESL, and I was using a lot of physical um, realia and props and things like that. Um, books, I've got a lot of things. As I've um, kind of slowed the pace on my teaching in more recent months, I have started to kind of cull a few things and be like, mm, I don't really use this. I haven't used this in a year. So it's probably time to go, but I'm starting to make more space for things like my um, markers and I don't know, I've got some books that I'd like to consult and um, other type of business things. I've got more um, video recording uh, equipment in here. I've got my teleprompter that I don't really ever use um, and just some of the equipment that I have used like, you know, the boxes from some of my stuff that if I ever needed to move, I might want to use them again because they're the right size. Um, and a printer paper and things like that. I do not have actually my printer in here though. And I have it in the hallway, <laughs> um, which is actually okay. I do have to get up and go to get the things that I print, but I don't print all day every day like I used to when I was a secretary. So actually, um, if someone else in the house were to print, it would be a kind of a loud noise and that might interrupt, say, a video call or me recording a podcast like this. So I'm comfortable with the location that it's in right now. It used to be in our bedroom. And if I ever wanted to print at five o'clock in the morning, because uh, I was awake and my husband wasn't, he wasn't always very appreciative of that. And sometimes I'd be waiting for like an hour and a half. I really wanted to print this thing, but I don't want to wake him because printers aren't always that quiet. So um, we've talked about kids' rooms. We did add up adding a trundle bed into my um, my daughter's room so that my son can use that um, extra bed if we have a guest. But overall, I feel like the situation that we have right now is working pretty well for us, and I don't anticipate us changing that. Though once my kids do go back to school, I might sometimes take over his desk if I want some bright, fresh, you know, sunlight. Um, but he had been using that space for his online school. Um, for the past year, you know, they had been doing online school and he was in quite a few meetings, I think like three or four meetings a day for a while. So at some point he needed that space, but now that they're going to be going back to public school, um, that desk might be more available for me if I ever want to change the pace. Uh, so we talked about, uh, bedrooms, uh, our bedroom has been my, my husband's office probably for about nine months now. And at first I thought that might be a little awkward, but as his workflow was a little different from mine, I'm on camera, he's not. So their culture, their environment, the way that they have meetings, they actually do use 
um, you know, video conferencing technology as far as their meetings, but most people keep their camera off. And so, um, you know, it might be a little awkward to have like a bed right behind because the way that he set up, I mean, he is just facing our bed, like the camera would be facing the bed. It's just that he never needs to turn it on. Um, I have been pretty conscious of, um, being careful about the way that I use my camera. Um, I guess what I'm trying to say is I have a cover over my camera. Um, at least the one that I have like built into my laptop. I bought one of those little sticky covers that slides. Um, I have installed quite a number of different apps and software things, um, from other countries and I'm not always sure of the security and I just, um, maybe it was one of those, Black Mirror episodes that I saw that made me think, oh, I don't want anyone, you know, accidentally seeing me or um, spying on me through my camera. And so I do cover it. And then the extra camera that I have, my external camera that I use, the Logitech, um, I often just take it off of my computer and face it towards the wall <laughs> so that, um, you know, you've heard stories, I'm sure, even recently, you know, of someone being on camera when they didn't realize that they were. I've I've changed my clothes before I have um, realized that my camera was on. And thankfully, I wasn't in a meeting or a class with anyone. I was like, Ugh, I shouldn't have. So I have just made it a habit to not change my clothes. Um, I work for, you know, companies that require a certain dress code, like a certain type of shirt. And I would just be like, whoop. And I uh, would rather not that ever accidentally be recorded in any way if I forgot to push end on a Zoom or on a call or something like that. So um, wherever you do set up your office, I do recommend having um, a little bit of extra privacy for yourself in that way, either with a camera cover or just by always having your, like, again, like if you have, you know, things facing that wall, they're not going to be facing, say, your bathroom or your bed or anywhere else. So just something to keep in mind as far as like not just privacy for yourself, but privacy for other people. If you are in a meeting in your own bedroom and your spouse is sick and sleeping in bed um, or sick or kids or something like that, you know, you just, I prefer to not have my bed in view for that reason. All right. I'm getting a little bit off track here. Come back around. Let's see. Um, so yeah, you can have a small or a walk-in or a double wide closet and just go ahead and look on Pinterest. Um, Facebook probably has some cool images somewhere too, but, um, people do it so that they can close the door and like just kind of push in their chair and close up the whole thing, especially if they're doors that can either slide or that come out. Um, some of them, you know, your desk might be too wide and you might have to just permanently take off that door and just kind of like include the decor as part of your, you know, room, your bedroom or whatever. Um, I like to say that function over fashion, ergonomics over aesthetics. And the third one is a little bit more tricky. I like to say simple or simplicity over spendy, but ergonomics still, I think is king in this thing. If you are just trying to save money and you're going to be, like I said earlier, scrappy and just use whatever you have, by all means, you can still use the things that you have and still try to be ergonomic about it. Be very mindful of the way that you sit. Even if you don't have an ergonomic chair, you can try to prop your feet up. Um, if you're short like me, you might need to put something on. If you're taller, 
you know, you might need to uh, level up your desk a little bit to be at a proper height for you. Um, I would say if you're going to spend money, don't spend too much on just the aesthetics. If you're going to spend money, spend money on the ergonomics. I, I hope I'm not just repeating myself, but I, you know, and the other thing is that you might find that this thing that you spent money on isn't the most comfortable for you and you might have to change again in the future. Don't be afraid to set up your office and then say, that's not going to work and move things around. You know, once you've made the decision, it's not necessarily going to have to be a permanent decision. All right. Another thing to be thinking about is proximity to some of the other places in your house. When you're looking at your office space, are you going to be close or further away from your bathroom? Um, I do know some people who work from home that have IBS and um, irritable syndrome is nothing to be, you know, joking about. Um, but the one lady, I feel like she had IBS and she worked in a basement and her bathroom was upstairs and it took a few minutes to get back and forth. And um, I think at some point that became an issue with her productivity. Uh, and so the closer you are to a bathroom might be helpful for you. For me, I am very close, but that close proximity can also be an issue with the noise factor. So like my husband usually is aware when I'm recording and then he'll choose to use a different bathroom or will wait to run the shower or something like that. Um, we talked earlier about your Wi-Fi and your router. If you do not have uh, a way to do an Ethernet, like perhaps you are renting an apartment and you do not get a router. It's just the Wi-Fi. That's all you get. Um, try to figure out how to be the closest to the Wi-Fi you can. Or if like you're, I know that some people have said that they weren't allowed to change where the router came into their home because it was a rental, then try to get your desk as close to that um, router as you can so you have the best chance at having decent Wi-Fi. You don't want to be the one who has the, you know, the call that keeps dropping or, you know, the, the video that keeps freezing if it's something that's preventable. Now, I know f for some of us, it's out of our control and we're just doing the best with what we have and that's fine, but do the best with what you have. Um, Ethernet. I do, and I've mentioned this already that I have the Ethernet coming in, but, um, not only does it give you a better, stronger signal, but also it's um, for security reasons, it's better for you. I interviewed Dan Wheeler, uh, the email security guy, several episodes back, and he talked about that. It's just, if you can have the Ethernet connection, I know you might have to buy an Ethernet cord. You might have to buy a docking station that will allow you to connect it to your computer if your computer doesn't have the Ethernet connector. Um, but... It could be the difference between not only the speed, but also your security is more difficult for hackers to come in and, you know, steal your information through a Wi-Fi signal. No, it's more difficult for them to steal it from the Ethernet than it is from the Wi-Fi. Um, so something else to keep in mind. So, yeah, so keep in mind your the other people or pets that you might be sharing the space with. And if you're not sharing the space, still be mindful of your outdoor environment like I said, we've got the planes coming by. We've got the, the lawn care workers with their stuff. Um, there might be pets and dogs barking outside. I have I have learned that one of our neighbors that's behind our house has a dog that barks incessantly. 
Um, and so that usually isn't a problem for me inside. But when I have tried to step out and record, say like for TikTok, I was trying to do some, you know, more informal things with my phone. It was really hard to find a quiet spot outside without these dogs barking. Um, here in Arizona, we don't keep our windows open very often. Um, and it's usually either the heat is on or the, or the um, air conditioner is on. But, you know, if you live in a climate where you can keep the, the windows open a lot, um, definitely keep that in mind. Um, if you have windows open, it's going to be noisier. And, you know, if you live close to a highway, you know, you might have those trucks coming by or the garbage and all these things. Um, something to keep in mind, too. All right. I feel like I have covered most of the things that I wanted to say about finding a place in your home. Uh, this is actually something that I feel I've done it myself personally six different times. I've changed my office environment in five different houses and six different places um, because this house I've had two different offices. Everywhere else I've lived, I usually picked an office space and kept it. Um, I do know some people who do sit up. Uh, actually, I interviewed Nicole, the pharmacist, um, early on in my uh, podcast here. And she set up her home office to be looking outside um, huge window. Um, they live in the country. It's beautiful and green and very peaceful. And then the kids came home. And so I think that um, she talked a little bit about how all of a sudden she was in the highest foot traffic area in the house and, you know, the pros and cons to that. You know, if you are the sole provider for your children and you are overseeing them, you need to have proximity to them for their safety. But if you have the other adult, you know, caregiver in the home or someone who can take them out, um, otherwise you might have to remove yourself from, you know, the high foot traffic area. Um, it's a, it's a tricky thing to balance. And I know that sometimes your kids are normally at daycare or normally at school or you don't have children or your pets go to doggy daycare or something like that. And it's just on the rare occasion that that sort of thing would happen again. I think people are usually pretty understanding if it's like the exception to the rule, but if something that you have control over, do your best with what you have. You don't have to spend tons and tons of money to get set up as a home office. It's the sort of thing that I would like to maybe make a little improvement into my home workspace every few months. You know, I'll be working from home and I'll be like, you know what? I think I'd be a little bit more comfortable if I did this or if I had this or if I adjusted this. Actually, at one point we moved my desk and it only needed to be, I think it was about three inches to one side. And it just meant that I was able to reach the shelf that I needed to grab things from a little bit easier. And it made all the difference. Three inches is all I really needed. And it helped me a lot. Um, I do have uh, a chair in my office. And I know if you're going to be in one of those little single wide um, closets, you know, you just stick, cram a desk in there. You may not even have enough space for a proper lamp. Um, but if you do have a little bit more space, it is nice to be thinking about, say, when your spouse or your significant other or your child wants or your friend <laughs> wants to come and say hi obviously this isn't like an all-day everyday kind of thing but like sometimes my daughter will sit and just draw quietly or read a book and she can sit on my little chair that I have it's just like um an antique chair actually that someone gave me um who I think has now since passed it was an old neighbor um and I sometimes prop my feet up on it I'll just kind of like lean back in my chair and put my feet up on it 
And it is nice to have a way that you can just change your positioning at least a little bit. If you're not going to always be getting up from your desk, at least find a way that you can move around a little bit in your space. Um, a few different people that I've interviewed have talked about how they purposefully put something, like I mentioned, my printer is in the other room. Um, let's see, Charles Dobell, he talked about how he puts his water behind him so that he's forced to get up and move. But for the most part, um, a lot of people like to have things that are within reach so they don't have to move too much. But don't forget, when we're working from home, we don't get as much exercise if we're not having to walk across, you know, this big building to our office, if we're not having to walk from the um, parking lot or from the subway or whatever you're doing. Um, so you do want to build in some ways that you'll get around a little bit. So if you are interested in having someone look at your space with you, I would be happy to hop into a Zoom meeting with you or a Facebook Messenger meeting or something like that. You can reach out to me and ask for that. There's um, an option under the, I think the, it's like the services in my website here at yesiworkfromhome.com. Um, you can go ahead and turn around your camera and show me around your house. And I can kind of eyeball the different spaces that you have. I do recommend having a measuring tape. And if you already have a desk, we'd want to know the dimensions. Um, but yeah, if you're interested in having an opportunity to just have someone else see your space and just give some advice. I am not an interior decorator and I'm not an ergonomic specialist, um, but I can definitely refer you to people who are. Um, I do have two ergonomic specialists who I have on my um, back pocket who I'd love to share um, more info with you about. Um, but yeah, we, um, if you just want someone to kind of like help you talk through, you know, the, the reasoning that you might have for, well, I was thinking about this area, but I'm also thinking about this area. You know, I'd be happy to have that conversation with you. I think sometimes just to have a friend or someone, you know, to kind of like talk it through the pros and cons of this and that. Um, and I would be happy to be that person for you. All right. This has been April Malone with Yes, I Work From Home, and I'll see you next time. Thanks.